It's your boy, Danny Nassi. Welcome to the podcast. It's your boy, Danny Nassi, New York's relentless top broker fighting to get you the best deals in New York City. And speaking of fighters, I got a very special person here with me today. And I was so excited on my way over to the Jambox Entertainment Studios. I was listening to DMX, getting myself fired up. It's been a hot minute. And uh, this week I had the opportunity uh, to meet with a friend of mine that I met through social media. And I'm going to introduce you to him in just a minute, but I thought he was super special because he's been in the game, the real estate game that is, for just about 10 years now. He's got his own team. And the thing that I liked most about him is that I really felt like he was genuine, he was kind, he was sincere, and you could really tell that through um, just making through his eye contact, to be honest with you. And what's really cool about him is, is that he's a social media monster. I mean, this guy walks around with his own cameraman, Dylan. Uh, it was funny. I shot the podcast with him on Tuesday. Then I see him randomly Wednesday in Union Square. Right, and then here I am today. I had to have him on my podcast because I just felt like the conversation was so good. And I think it was flowing like crazy. But uh, without further ado, I want to introduce you to Mike Schulte. What's up, my man? Welcome What's to the Dan and Nancy podcast. Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for having me. I, I truly appreciate uh, you having me as a guest today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So, dude, before we like jump in, mm-hmm. uh, where are you from? I'm from Queens. Born and raised. My parents still live in the same house I grew up in in Regal Park. All right, right on. Did you yeah. finish high school and college? Yeah, so um, I, I went to Brooklyn Tech, and um, I went away to uh, SUNY Brockport, small state university in between Rochester and Buffalo. I did my four years. I got my piece of paper that says I have a college degree and that's probably the last time I've done anything with that piece of paper. So let me ask you this man, um, were you in anything other than real estate beforehand? Or? Yeah, so before I did this I ran Circuit Cities all on Long Island from Regal Park all the way out to oh Patchogue. man, I forgot about Circuit City. Yeah, 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 a long time ago. Um, but I've been selling shit my whole life. My mom tells a story about how when I was in first grade I took this pre-Game Boy handheld, a Double Dragon handheld to school, and was selling plays to my classmates. Um, and, and she still tells the story. She's like, I get the call from the teacher, and I'm crying. And I, now that I have a kid, I'm like, what were you crying for? <laughs> I'm like, why didn't you ask the teacher what the fuck they were wasting your time for bothering you because your child had an ability to see an opportunity and capture it? Right. So how did you end up rolling in real estate? I know when we met the other day and we were... You know, yeah. on your podcast, Made in New York. I just want to plug that real quick. Thank it's you. It's a great podcast. Thank you. That you mentioned like that your dad was in real estate, and you mentioned that like you used to hand out flyers for him. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, so so my pops, uh, the end of the, this month will be a decade that I'm, I'm in the business, and my pops has another 15 years on me, um, but only one more year in Manhattan. He was pretty much very active in Queens in like the Regal Park, Forest Hills, Kew Gardens market. Before that, he was a psychotherapist and just got like sick of insurance companies and was like, I'm going to go do real estate. So like that was probably my young years, like seven, eight when he started. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he, he was a listing beast. And I would like I remember passing out flyers with him door by door. You know, you had to make sure you put it in the door in a certain way so you didn't violate mail code. Um, and it's just what I was around as that, a kid. Is that where you got your real estate bug? No. I used to make fun of my dad. I was like, fuck this shit. I'm never going to go into real estate. And he always used to be like, oh, come do this. You'll love it. You'll make a lot of money. And like out of college, I got a management job that paid me quite well. And I was like, mm, I'm good. Thanks. Like, I just didn't see the reason to go from, you know, making good money to 100% commission. Yeah. Yeah. So what made you make that decision? 
uh, ultimately Circuit City went out of business. Okay. And um, so I took some time off. I uh, went to Africa. I sat on my couch and watched Family Guy in South Park for about a month <laughs> and realized I was done with corporate America. I was like, I'm done. So I was like, let me try this real estate thing. And I mean, I was, I was hooked almost instantly. It's just that, that, that rise you get out of you in a deal, whatever it is, whether it's a small rental or a $10 million building, yeah. um, there's just there's an adrenaline rush like no other. I completely understand how that feels because people say to me all the time, you know, sometimes people don't, you know, don't think to call me because they think maybe a million, two dollar mm-hmm. deal is too small for me. Yeah. But what they don't understand is whether it's a two hundred thousand dollar deal or mm-hmm. whether it's a twenty million dollar deal, I still get that rush. Right. I'm a deal junkie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just love the art of negotiating and being able to provide, you know, the best service and the ultimate deal for my clients. Absolutely. And I know you feel that way too. Yeah. I mean, I've I've had a lot of that happen lately. Like I'm I'm not. Um, as well connected to you, so like I don't I don't randomly have people call me about million dollar things like do you do this, but I do get it on the low end like well I need to rent a two bedroom in Brooklyn yeah. right and um, a huge part of the business I've built to this point started on the rental side and then transitioned to the sales side and now we've transitioned even further to the commercial side, so you know for me it's like I'm building a, a, a brokerage house within City Habitats. All right, listen, I have to stop you for a okay because I gotta let Mike. Listeners here, Danny Nasty Podcast, know what's going on in the studio because we're going to get into something real quick. I just want you guys to know I'm here with Mike. He's got a bald head. He's got a very, very long beard. Okay. <laughs> He's wearing one of the dopest fucking t shirts I've seen in a hot minute. It's fucking Nas's face. It's a black t shirt. And his face is white and it says Queen's Finest throughout his whole t shirt. He's wearing a blue pair of jeans. He's got his boy Dylan here filming him. And then we got fucking Lee, the OG of all G's, wearing his headphones, repping the nasty team hat. Every time I come here, he's always wearing some type of merchandise <laughs> from the nasty team. And I love that. And I want to talk to you real quick. And the reason why I'm mentioning this is because. You mentioned the other day when we talked, you give two fucks about wearing a suit. You refuse to wear a suit in our business. You said to me, Danny, I'm going to wear what I want to wear. I want to be comfortable. When I came to your office and we did the podcast, you were wearing fucking sweats. You were wearing sneakers. You were wearing a fucking T-shirt. You look mad comfortable. You look like what I look like on a Saturday if I'm right. not working. And that's just the way I, you know, I love what that feels like. Obviously. Right. So talk to me about that because you don't give any fucks what anyone thinks about what you're wearing. No, I don't. Uh, I mean, and I definitely get a, a ton of shit from it. Um, and I'm okay with that. Like I, I, I feel that we're at a very interesting point in society where technology is shifting away from traditional distribution through a TV, through consumption of individuals on a cell phone and I think authenticity is the most undervalued asset right now. And we don't necessarily realize it, but we're conscious of it in the way in which we scroll. So like when we go through Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is that we're looking, when we see something that's fake or bullshit or too salesy, we scroll faster. But when we see something that's attractive or, or captivates us or feels real, we slow down and we take a look. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're not even necessarily cognizant of the bullshit meter that we have going on yeah and the younger generation is their bullshit meter is even better yeah and so for me it's like about three and a half years ago i was having a conversation with one of my clients who was a president of a very large company in new york um and i was like i'm like let me get your opinion on this right i'm like you know this is just the suit is not me like I, it feels fucking fake yeah and he's like i'll tell you this mike he's like when you sold me my apartment 
He's like, you spent seven months with me. Anytime I had a question, you sent me an answer. Anytime I didn't know, anytime you didn't know something, you went back and got the thing. Every time we saw something, you sent me a report. Right. He's like, I couldn't tell you what the fuck you were wearing, and I really don't give a shit. Yeah. He's like, honestly, you did more than some of my managers do for me. Yeah. And at that moment, when I when I saw that plus other things going on in my life, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, so what? I'll leave money on the table. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm a pretty authentic person, mm-hmm. and I think most people that know me will tell you, like, that dude's real, that dude's yeah. sincere, that dude's honest. Uh, my feelings are different than yours, and I'll tell you why. Um, I love being comfortable, and there were times in my life where I wore a pair of ripped jeans and sold a $10 million building, mm-hmm. literally, mm-hmm. okay? And I know that it was frowned upon through some of the people that I was working around, but just like you, you know, I provide the ultimate service. I'm very responsive. I'm very accountable. I just think that there's certain clients, there's certain people that are very traditional that it's a way of showing them respect rather than just being comfortable like because when you're talking about the upper west side and you're talking about the upper east side and you're talking about these higher end buildings Mm -hmm. it's expected uh that you're well dressed that you carry yourself differently Mm -hmm. um so for me i do two things uh I wear a suit for the most part, especially if I have a listing presentation. Mm-hmm. And I, I hate suits. I have a closet full of mm-hmm. fucking custom suits. You should burn them. I would like to burn them. But the other part of That'd me is too. if I have a very cool client that I know is not going to give a shit, then I know those days or those times I could be more myself. Mm-hmm. I don't like to say that I'm not myself by wearing a suit. I know I look good. I know I'm attractive yeah. in it. Uh, but, but if you don't default to it, it's not you. No, it's not 100% me, but... I'm not looking at it like that. I'm looking uh-huh. at it more like I want to be respectful of someone else's time and effort. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to agree with that. And mm-hmm. we can agree to disagree on that. No, no. I, I, I have, I have, I, I understand. I agree. I have zero desire to pander. Yeah. So for me, I'd rather that Lose client, right. I'd rather that client filter themselves out of my yeah. life than do that. And and for me, like I'm, I'm doing less business on the high end sales side. Yeah. The majority of my, my, clients are landlords and developers yeah so like they're showing up dressed like this is and if they're in a suit they're only in a suit because they're pandering to their money all right so why did you get into why and when did you get into social media because you have a very fucking strong opinion about this uh-huh. and this is what i fucking dig about you dude i swear i meet so many people and i'm not blowing smoke up your ass mm-hmm. okay i meet so many people and there's so many fake fucks out well there. There's so many people that put up a persona. They're, you're meeting their representative. Uh, they're just not themselves. And it's not because they don't want to be. It's also because they're not comfortable being themselves. Mm-hmm. And also maybe they don't know who they are. That's true. You obviously know who you are. You're very comfortable with who you are. Why did you get into social media? And why is it so important to you? I know you have a strong opinion. So th- about... Three And what does it mean to your business once you get into so, so it? So we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. We'll get to that. So about three and a... Let's see. My son's almost three and a half. So, so about f- almost four, and, four years and change ago, um, I was like your typical average agent in New York, you know, doing sixty to $100,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, got pregnant. And we started talking about money and she was tight and she was like all right you have 60 days to make 25 g's come on straight up that's tough yeah and um otherwise otherwise you have to find a real job Ugh. and at that point i, I was just like, threw up in my mouth <laughs> when you said that right at that point i was like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. like it was the epiphany of like all right mike you really kind of have been fucking up um and you really could be doing a bunch more and now go do it so at that point, it was my pops and I. My pops is, is on my team now. He's 98% retired. 
Um, God bless him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he does his occasional deal here, occasional deal there, and he gets a piece of everything. Um, and uh, I was like, listen, I'm like, he was leading the team, and I was like, listen, you're old. Like, we've always had a very forward relationship. Like, holidays in my parents' house are like F-bombs getting thrown across the table like normal. Um, <laughs> That's like my house. Yeah, yeah. And, and anybody that comes that isn't from that, they're like, what is going on? Is, how do you talk to your parents? I'm like, how do you they not? They fucking disturbed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, I don't know, that Mike guy. Um, I was like, listen, I'm like, you're old. And I'm like, you're only getting to a point where you're doing less and less. Yeah. I'm like, I need to worry about my family. And I need, to, I need you to step aside and let me take over. And... Um, everything's going to be my way. And it's not about disregarding you. It's about, I need to do this for my future. And without blinking an eye, he was like, okay. That's beautiful. And um, immediately, I started hiring. Because what I realized is you were going to see more and more expansion into the boroughs. I'm, I've been here my whole life. So like I just see the progression. I see the imaginary line moving further and further away from Manhattan as how far people are willing to live from Manhattan. And it only makes sense because so many of our peers just play on this island that we're on right now. Yeah. Um, and and there's so many directions. You can go north, you can go east, you can right. go west. So, so for me, in, in at that point, doing mostly like rental listing side, and I did sales stuff, and with the majority of my clients being developers, I also had spent time realizing that commercial was important. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm going to rent these people buildings or if I'm going to sell a unit, why not sell them the land, right? Help them realize what it is to then get the pipe flow to have new buildings in your line and then maybe help them exit on the back end. But how'd that tie into social media? Because so many of these people I was connecting with were through social media. Uh-huh. So like we'll get we'll get back to that. I'm sorry, I, I I segued a little. No, it's okay. Um, so I mean that's just such a like to me after getting to know you. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's such a huge, incredible so, part of your story. And who right, you right, are. right. So so sorry, I I got on a tangent. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I go there sometimes. So I realized that Amazon is coming. Amazon currently has a hundred million Alexa devices in the United States. And it's only a matter of time before, hey, Alexa, help me find a home, becomes a business. And what is, case in point, mm -hmm. there's an Alexa device right there, right? Wow, that was crazy that yeah. that just happened. So um, what what they're going to do is they're going to acquire, a, a, like, like they do, a national brand, possibly an international brand, which I think leaves like three places, mm -hmm. probably like an NRT an element or what I think is most likely going to happen, I think they're going to buy Compass. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to send all of that business through there and in the process put about 50% of the brokers out of business almost overnight. Mm -hmm. um, step two is there's so many segments of our business that are incredibly automatable. You don't need a broker to go see shit because honestly the technology exists right now yeah. to allow you to go see it without a broker. But I also don't 100% agree with that because as a broker, and you know this mm -hmm. well, we wear many hats. Correct. And one of those hats is, for instance, for example, is being a psychotherapist. Mm -hmm. We're dealing with people that have lost someone, which is a reason why they might be selling or buying. We're talking about people that have divorced that might be a reason why they're selling or buying. We're talking about people that have children that may, you know, one of them might need special needs and needs to relocate because they need to go to a better school and be closer to a better school for their children. I think like automation can't replace that. Hence your 50% brokers out of business. Right. The 50% that are good, that know how to connect, that are knowledgeable will be the ones that'll 
Correct. be successful and continue the show. Correct. But there, there will be a segment, and, and you're absolutely right, there's always going to be some hand-holding that goes on. It's the same way they sell insurance in the UK, although they have universal health care there. Yeah. Um, it's people do want more, and that's fine. But there's so much I agree with what you're saying yeah. right now. It's brilliant what you're so, saying, by the way. When I realized this, I was like, the only way you're going to beat a computer or be able to compete against a computer is to build a brand. And I'm like, well, what the fuck is unique about me? I'm, there's 25,000 brokers out there. You know, you can find anybody. And I'll I'm tell like, you, you're fucking authentic. You're genuine. You're real. You got a fucking beard down to your fucking ankles. <laughs> I don't know. What the fuck? So, so a lot of those things, yes, I realized. And for me, what, 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 what I realized is my ability to understand technology was far surpassed to what my peers were. Um, I have no problem being in front of a camera. I have no problem speaking in front of 100,000 people. You could put me in an arena right now and I'll, be, I'll strive, fucking live on that energy. Yeah. Um, and I just started and I realized at the, fir- at the beginning, I realized that the information about real estate was kept so close to the chest. Like nobody shares shit. Isn't that bullshit? Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to tell everything that you need to know about real estate. And I taught myself how to video edit on um, YouTube mm-hmm. and I started putting out video content. Um, daily, uh, I was definitely influenced by some couple of different characters at that point, Who like a, like a Gary V type. Who um, else? Damon John was doing a lot at that point. Um, although I don't necessarily like him as an individual, just the personality you could see it very similar things with like a Grant Cardone type. Yeah. What do you think of brokers right now? Yeah. That haven't taken the leap and jumped into social media. I think. Um, what do you think is going to happen if they them? don't in the next twelve months? They'll be out of business in three years. Wow. Yeah very important what do you say for the people that have like a very good reputation like i'm gonna drop some names like there's like lisa Littman, you have like rachel glazer you have people like you know john gomes uh uh De Niro, people who aren't super active on social media that are killing it on an everyday basis what do you say for those people that don't need to be on social media that have already built that foundation without it so listen I, i i think they they're gatekeepers to a segment of the world that's going to always want their hand held. Mm-hmm. So they'll they'll still do well. Mm-hmm. And they'll make enough of money in the in the next 5 to 8 years that when there is serious disruption, they'll be all right. Um one or two of them may invest in 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 creating content. All right. Um I I think that upper 1% is always going to be protected. What's your take on people who feel the need? And I see this all the time. Yeah. I see it in every industry now of people who are trying to build a business, build a brand that are going out there and buying likes and buying followers. Like I have, I don't know, I think I'm just over 6,000 now. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you that my followers personally, they're very loyal. Mm-hmm. I always communicate with them. We're mm-hmm. always DMing. I feel like I have a really close relationship with them and they're really like invested in me and I'm invested in them. Mm-hmm. And I have companies that reach out to me all the time. They're like, oh, increase your likes, increase your followers. I don't give a shit mm-hmm. to do that. Right. I, I like genuinely. Yeah, I yeah. don't give a shit. I rather six thousand people that I'm connected to that feel mm-hmm. like family than have twenty thousand that I have no connection with. And then when you go into looking the amount of likes I have versus how many followers I have, mm-hmm. you'd be able to tell immediately that I'm playing myself off. Right. So what the fuck is your take on it? Because um, you have a lot of followers yeah. too. How many do you have? A uh, little over seventy one hundred. Yeah, and those yeah, are on real Instagram seventy one hundred. Yeah. So. I think I think you're on a very fine line, right? And into and, and where technology is, I think the buying followers and buying likes is in that part of it wrong, 
in every way and people smell it, you just you feel fake. You see the accounts, right? But there is a way to do that on the other side that more so aligns with traditional marketing, right? So like when I was listening to you this morning talking about you don't give a fuck about getting to 10,000 to swipe up, yeah. I kind of wanted to punch you in the mouth I because you did. Um, that's just dumb. I and here's and here and here, right? And that's ways. you could still go to my, I could still send you to my bio and click on my link, right? But what I would suggest, and here and here, here's the second part, okay, is I would run targeted ads to others that you feel are in a similar vein as yourself, okay? And because what you'll find is you'll find that there's people that are following XYZQ, mm-hmm. right? Because they like the personality of that individual that is very similar to you mm-hmm. that you can now siphon off of. So essentially, some people may look at that strategy as buying followers, mm-hmm. but really what it is, is it's acquiring clients. Mm-hmm. So it's, and, and there's a strategy now to the point where if you go to any marketing company that's doing social media marketing, now they're looking at cost per follower acquisition mm-hmm. um, as a metric that they're actually looking at. Yeah. So what I would say is like, you could spend five grand and get yourself to that 10K point because that swipe up is incredibly important. I think when- it's it's important because it gives you the power to redirect traffic in a way you're not now. I get that, and I appreciate that what you're sharing with me. But also, like on the same note, if I'm being honest with you, and without bullshitting you, yeah, yeah. whether you want to believe this or not, yeah. is that I'm not trying so hard to monetize out of the relationships that I have. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it's not 100 percent about gaining the followers so I could do more business so I can monetize and so I can like get everything I can out of mm-hmm. it. Like for me, it's a little bit different with regards to I'm out there because I feel as though that there are people out there that either have success or looking to create more success or are in a place where they haven't found their purpose just yet. Uh-huh. And I think it's like super important to connect with those people because for me, when I was coming up, one of my biggest challenges was I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted. And I really had a hard time finding my purpose. So I went thing to thing to thing. And everyone that loved me and cared about me made me feel like a quitter. And I mean, essentially, I made myself feel like a quitter because I was moving item to item to find out what I love. Right. So the reason why I want to connect with these people that Uh are out there that are following me is to say, number one, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Number two, I'm here to believe in you until you believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. Number three, I'm not. You know, I'm not someone who I feel like is a motivational speaker or right. an inspiration. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to be a fucking right. Gary Vee. I'm not trying to be a Deepak Chopra. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to be a Tony Robbins. I'm just trying to show people that I'm just like you, mm-hmm. and I'm willing to put in the time, the effort, and to make the sacrifices I make. If business comes out of that, great. Mm-hmm. I mean, my biggest lead generator via Instagram and social media has been other brokers that have been in other states that have clients that want to invest in New York that they refer over to me. Right, absolutely. Which is nice, yeah. you know, which is a byproduct mm-hmm. of that. But that's not my ultimate goal, right. which is why I don't care to have those swipes. Like one time I was, a few times I was selling merchandise, like the hat that he's wearing. Because yeah, yeah. people were like, where'd you get that hat? And yeah. I, I was like, oh, you know what, let me sell these hats. I wasn't trying to make money. Right. So I bought 300, 400 of those hats. I put them online. I opened up an Etsy store. I sold it in 24 hours and T-shirts. Mm-hmm. And then I did it again. Right. So I know that I have that power too if I wanted to use it. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. But I totally get what you're saying. Right. And you're right. You're 150% I, I right. I mean, I agree with everything you're saying. You're like, 150% and, 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 right. And, and, okay, I don't want to say that you're I, not I right. Think I'm just I, saying I'm not strategic like that. I, I don't think, give a shit. I think you're taking it the wrong way. I'm not. I'm I, just saying I, I don't think, give a I, shit. No, no, I, I hear you. I think all, all it really... <laughs> I think you're 100% right. I think it's just amplification via money. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. So, like, everything you're saying from your premise as to how, like, you play, yeah. like, I'm with you 100%, and that's, yeah. like, Dylan could tell you all day long, that's how I move, yeah. but I just see it as, this is the new phone book. Yeah. So, it's like... I mean, I'll put ads out, like, for, like, my nasty's neighborhood, mm-hmm. because I feel like I'm just being creative, and I mm-hmm. want you to see New York from my perspective, just like you want your followers to see New York from your perspective. Right, 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 right. Do you know what I'm saying? But I'm not saying, like, let me... I'm not trying to like buy them to like me. You know what I'm no, saying? No, but you're not. You're 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 connecting them to you're, follow me. You're, you're not buying them to follow you. You're yeah. finding new people that would have followed you yeah. if you were on their radar. Yeah, their radar. So yeah, listen, I'm telling you, I agree yeah, with yeah. you. I'm just saying like I don't the buying followers let me, like let me, let when me you get like a example. Russian bot that hits you up and say I buy a thousand followers yeah. for a hundred dollars, yeah, you can go fuck yourself. Let me give you an example of what I mean so you could get my perspective. Yeah, yeah. This is what I mean. For instance, like ah, oh, I just lost my train of thought. I just lost my train of thought. I had a very good example to give you, and I fucked up. But anyway, I just uh, I just feel like it's not me. So I, I feel I like need to do that. So I, I I met my wife on OKCupid, and and the reason I segue to that is I our paths likely wouldn't have crossed hadn't it been for that app. So the way I look at technology is you have the ability to connect to almost anybody, right? the east of dm but the same way <clears throat> brokers run hold on i'm sorry yeah, i remember yeah, this ahead. is what it is you know how sometimes you a client calls you and contacts you i know a lot of people <clears throat> okay i'm not one of these people that'll google that person never i don't do whatever okay hold on they google the person they go to their linkedin they want to know everything about them so they can go into the relationship strategically yeah, yeah. okay you and me we rather not do that right. because we just like fucking organically building a relationship, right, 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 right? right? Yeah. Okay. So to me, what you're suggesting, which I might be taking the wrong way, yeah, yeah. that's what it feels like to uh-huh. me. It's the same feeling. Like I'm being strategic about it. Uh-huh. I don't want to be strategic about it. I want people to find me because they just find me. But and you're strategic about other parts fine. of your business. Do you get you're, what I'm saying? Yeah, but you're strategic about how you connect with past clients. You're strategic about how you send out communications. You're strategic about client gifts. You're strategic about the way in which you market. All this is is new age marketing. All it is is the ability to connect to more people, which it's not about money. Yeah. It's just about taking your 6,000 that you've built mm-hmm. and making it 60 of the same people because there's another 54,000 of those out there that would want to fuck with you. I'll tell you what. You know what, Lee? Dylan? Mike just gave me an aha moment. You guys hearing? Are you guys listening out here? I want my listeners to hear that. Mike's right, and he's super passionate about what he's sharing. He's looking me dead in my eye right now. Like, <laughs> you know, he's got this look in his eye of fucking determination. He's very dedicated and he's very serious about, you know, how he feels. But I had an aha moment, and you should listen to him. He's right. And he's definitely been doing this a lot longer than me. So I have to respect him, and I don't know what I don't know. And obviously, you know, he knows a lot more about this than I do. So why wouldn't I listen to him, right? So go back to your Cupid statement about meeting your wife on it, and had you not been on it, you would have not met her. Right. So <clears throat> we all know that seven degrees of separation nonsense, right? Mm-hmm. But that's actually gotten a lot smaller as the digital world has expanded. Uh-huh. So I, I just feel, especially because I look at the relationships that I've built in reality over the last three years of people that I've connected with, through Instagram that I wouldn't have connected with hadn't it been for running targeted ads. And to me, it's like the cream always rises to the top. And is there always some bullshit that goes along with it? And that's like where people talk about, yeah, but people always talk like, and those people you just don't really deal with. Mm -hmm. But what I found is, so why haven't you used 
what you're saying towards your so I have getting. right right now I'm in a point where so ideally what you want to do is you want to do it and grow and then let it balance out right mm-hmm. and then once it balances out you run it again so I'm I'm literally in one of those two two and a half month periods of, of balancing out where I haven't been running any targeted ads mm-hmm. just to really truly gauge where this basis of followers is at mm-hmm. and then you know I wouldn't be surprised if in six months the number was double what it is now i can see that you're big on also training the team members that you have uh-huh. under you yeah i have curiosity towards when you sit down and you train these guys okay. is social media now um part of your training absolutely so I, I i also realize though that like and like if your kids don't want to take to that are they do you like push them out no or, or is no it, is it a prerequisite that they no it's not a prerequisite because you, it has to be real so it has to come from you and it has to be genuine. It doesn't always have to be Instagram. Right, but what I'm saying is if you expect people who don't get on in our business to get on in the next 12 months that they're going to be fucking finished. Right. So wouldn't that mean the same for your team, even though it's under your umbrella, that if at one point they don't want to be a standalone agent, that they're going to be finished too if they don't start getting comfortable being uncomfortable with getting in front of the camera and being well, on I mean, social media? I mean, there, there's always team members and team leaders, and that's obviously a difference of the segment. So like my focus is on most teams are, are, are set up where the team members are there to serve the team leader's business. Yeah. My focus is on helping my agents build their business. Um, where the shit that comes from me is just like the icing on the cake. And <laughs> if you want to take the advice, take the advice. If you don't want to take the advice, don't take the advice. But as I'm building what I'm building, I'm also at a point where I, I'm going to need more bodies. So listen, there may be some agents that don't want to take the advice that want to essentially be on sites and help me run some buildings. And, as long as they're good people yeah. and, and work, okay. They're, they're living in that buffer period, that gray area because yeah. of ultimately who they're fucking with. But we also agreed the other day when we spoke, like you can teach everyone all the systems and tools and how to be successful in mm-hmm. our business, but you can't teach anyone how to be hungry. Right. right. So, so when I hire people, I look for two things. One, I look to see that we vibe. And two, I look to see that, that you hustle. Because I can teach you how to get listings. I can teach you how to grow a social media following. I can teach you how to build a business. I can't teach you how to wake up in the morning and want to go get it. That's either in you or it's not. And, and that's okay if it's not. It's not like you're less of a person because that, that, that grind is not in you. You know, there's, there's no difference between a, a janitor and a lawyer. They just serve two different purposes in society. One isn't better than the other because they make more money. Let me ask you this. I want you to imagine yourself, obviously you're married, you have a child. I want you to imagine yourself at the end of your life, you're in your deathbed, your family's there, your kids are there, your grandchildren are there. What advice, whether it has to do with you know being able to be successful, uh, maintaining the success that you built throughout your life, or finding your purpose or creating success, like what advice could you give my listeners that you would give your own family in that position that you can share with us right now that are like nuggets of golden information that you think can help change the quality of someone's life that's listening to this right now? Don't give a fuck about what anybody else thinks because nobody else is paying your bills. Nobody else is accelerating your growth trajectory. Nobody else is truly impacting your life. You may believe in your mind that this person thinks this, so I'm not going to get this. But that's bullshit. You may think in your mind that, oh, this is what's going on in politics, so I, I, I... Once again, bullshit. Those that win, win because 
they take risks because they don't care. Because they don't care losing. They don't care about... They, they thrive on fucking falling flat on their face because you learn from that energy. So I, I would just go back to... Don't give a fuck about what other people think. I think it's I think it's the biggest problem with our society today. Right on. And there you have it. You know, it's funny. You know, today I learned a lot of things uh, about you. I learned that as a kid, you were hustling pre-Game Boy, selling, uh, selling games. And... Uh, Circuit City, going out of business, taking a month off, having a wife, having a baby, and then having to get serious and really get into the game and make $25,000 in 60 days and making that happen and then you know, pushing your father out of the business in a nice, kind, loving way uh, to take leadership and build your own business. Um, also, you know, having a vision of the future mm-hmm. and understanding that social media is a game changer and that if you're not on it, you're going to be finished soon. And also the advice and the content that, you know, you love giving, your passion for people, uh, the love you have also for training and showing people how to do that. I think I dig that most about you. It reminds me of something my father always told me that you have to have a candle lit in your house before you can light it in someone else's. And mm-hmm. it's obvious that the candle's lit in your house and now you're helping other people create the same success and you're really the kind of guy that's going to, you know, give somebody a hand up in life. And I, and I really love that about you. And I think you realize that there's no draws in the casket and it's really what makes you rich is your relationship with your wife, your kids, and the people around you that love you and want to be around you. So you really have that beautiful, you know, relentless fighter attitude. And, um, you know, before we get out of here, I'd love for you to just plug to my followers uh, where they can find you because uh, I know you're all over the place. So why don't you plug all of that right now real quick? Yeah, so you can find me pretty much on any social network Um Video, audio, written, uh, Mike Schulte, NYC. It's M-I-K-E-S-C-H-U-L-T-E-N-Y-C. Pretty much everywhere. We have uh, the Made in New York podcast. We have a vlog. We're coming out with a new uh, series very soon that, well, we'll we'll talk about that at a later point. Um, We got a lot of stuff going on. um, And for me, it's, it's, I'm so long-term focused that, like, we'll have this conversation in a decade again or whatever and i love just rubbing shoulders with you man yeah you're, you're no, a real I, good dude man thank you're you really, thank you you're really good people and most of all i want to thank my main man lee over here at jambox entertainment studios uh if you guys ever need to record a podcast or do any music uh i really want you to support my homie lee uh he's been out here for 20 years Uh, 352 7th Avenue, second floor. He's always uh, helping. He's going to make you feel like he knows you for 10 years. And it's really important for people like you and me and Mike and everyone that's here that we support people that are in our community, that are running businesses, that are doing a really good job, that are honest, ethical, and legitimate. I couldn't imagine calling anywhere else home but here at Genbox Entertainment Studios to do this. I have people that ask me all the time, why do you go to a recording studio? And it's really simple. I go because I want to be around Lee. I want to help his business. And uh, I couldn't imagine doing it anywhere else because he's family to me, and that's what we do here. And again, this is your boy, Danny Nassi, New York's relentless top broker fighting to get you the best deals in New York City. And I'll see you on the next motherfucking episode. Thank you.